Hi, everyone. I'm Ingrid Dietz, the staff advisor of the DBSA Young Adult Council. In our podcast today, we'll be talking about mental health in college and how two students have set out to make big changes. This is a topic near and dear to my heart as I was diagnosed with depression while in college, and it was very difficult to get the help I needed and know what to share or what not to share with my school. We're joined here today by Jenna Zhang and Catherine DeWitt. Jenna is a student at Duke University, and Catherine's a student at the University of Pennsylvania, and they've come together to form a new college coalition to address some of the common concerns that come up for college students living with a mental health condition. Welcome, Jenna and Catherine. It's great to be here. Thanks, Ingrid. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. So to get us started, I'd like to learn a little bit more about the coalition that you guys have put together. Um, I believe the name is All for One. What's the significance of that name? So in a lot of ways, there's like a lot of great mental health organizations on campuses. There's to write love on her arm, there's more love letters, there's active minds, there's NAMI on campus. What we found is that a lot of these mental health groups are doing great changes. For example, there was uh, active minds in Chicago, actually, who put the suicide prevention lifeline on the back of student ID cards. And there's great changes going on. But it's hard if you're just on your campus doing your own little mental health advocate thing and not realizing that there's a larger national conversation going on. So our campaign name is meant to emphasize that every university is standing up and speaking out for everyone who's ever struggled. We're trying to also emphasize the statistic that one in four adults over the age of 18 has has a diagnosable mental health condition in any given year. This is meant to show that it can happen to anyone. It can happen to your friend. It could happen to your roommate. It could happen to your significant other. Mental health matters to everyone, and we're all here for anyone. So what are some of the main things that All for One is working on? So All for One has three pillars. Uh, So the first is coalition. Uh, We have a group of 15 schools who are participating in uh, the project. Uh, so um, the purpose of getting all these schools together is that a lot of these schools have been working individually on addressing issues on their campus, uh, but because administrators are really busy uh, or they have other concerns on their minds, um, these issues haven't really been uh, dealt with in the methodical or the intentional way that we should be addressing mental health. So what the All for One Coalition does is um, we let all of these schools come together so we can tackle the problem um, as as a team, uh, as one unified voice of students um, addressing a really important issue together. Um, So the second pillar is support. Uh, We're supporting students who are on campus right now through a social media campaign. Uh, so there will be a mental health challenge um, involved in the campaign, as well as uh, stories. So we're collecting narratives from students at different across different universities on, you know, their struggles with depression or bipolar disorder uh, or just general stress and anxiety uh, and dealing with issues like relationships and academics and so on and forth. Uh, and the last pillar is policy and research. Uh, so each school who's participating in All for One is conducting research 
on the policies at their university. Uh, so we can really compile this, this huge body of information that people, policymakers in the future can use to address mental health issues, uh, as well as for the students right now to look at, you know, what do we have on our campus at the moment and what, what can we do better? Sounds like ambitious, but wonderful, wonderful goals to have. It sounds like, um, just a, a great three-pronged approach to many of the things that are going on on campuses. Which schools are currently involved? Yeah, the schools that we have are currently Brown University, the University of North Carolina, University of Michigan, Boston University, Georgetown University, UC Berkeley, Williams College, uh, Washington University in St. Louis, Boston College, Dartmouth College, uh, University of California at Los Angeles, Brandeis University, Penn State, Harvard, Duke, and Penn. That's a great number. That's a, that's a lot of schools that are already getting involved. Are you just reaching out to each of these schools um, to ask them to get involved? Are you doing that through, like, Active Minds or directly to the college mental health centers? We actually reached out to a lot of the Active Minds networks, but we did it via email. We've emailed a lot and a lot of universities and mental health organizations, and what we found is so many different schools have so much going on that we're really excited to be working with 15 who are willing and passionate to get involved. We tried to reach out to as many schools as possible, but it's really hard when you're not physically in the same location. So we did send tons and tons of emails, and we're really excited to get more people interested in mental health across the nation. Great, and I'm sure there will be many more that join you here in the near future. So I know both of you kind of have your your own personal stories for why you got involved um, in mental health advocacy on campus. Um, Jenna, would you like to share yours? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I got involved in mental health advocacy when I was in my freshman year at college. Uh, So that was a particularly difficult time for me. Um, So I went through depression uh, my entire first year of college, and I wasn't aware of it uh, because growing up in my family, we didn't really talk about mental health issues. And that was definitely something that wasn't really discussed on campus either. You know, there was the there was this sense that if you had a mental health condition, then you were sick, uh, you were ostracized, and you had in some way failed the university. Um, so I didn't realize it, and I was eventually hospitalized um, for um, being suicidal uh, by the end of my first semester in college. Uh, so that was actually a really, a really unpleasant experience in a lot of respects. Uh, so it was financially costly. Uh, I returned to school and it felt as if, you know, people were looking at me in a different way. Um, you know, they seemed to become more distant and it seemed like I was being a burden on the administ- the administration as well. Um, so they assigned me to do breach, uh, which is um, a sector of the administration that deals with people who are at risk in some respect. And the way that I was treated there made me 
feel like I was unwanted. Uh, I was being a burden on the school, and, uh, you know, it was best for everybody if I could just somehow fix myself and maybe leave school. Um, and so that was, yeah, that was the first time I realized that there was a serious problem uh, with mental health on college campuses. Uh, so in my sophomore year, I got involved in You're Not Alone. Uh, a fellow student at Duke and I started a Facebook page called You're Not Alone, uh, which uh, where students could post stories uh, about the things that they were going through uh, because what we realized was that a lot of people were dealing with mental health conditions or just suffering from general stress, loneliness, anxiety, and yet we were so separated from each other. We couldn't talk about it. We couldn't share it. And we couldn't connect with each other about these things that we were going through. Uh, so that was how... That was how I got involved in, in the work, and I ended up contacting Catherine uh, by the end of my sophomore year about potentially taking this work to the national level. Uh, so she responded, and we hit it off. It was great, uh, and so here we are now. How did you know to reach out to Catherine? So I reached out to approximately four to five schools. Uh, so I also reached out to the University of North Carolina, University of Virginia, and UPenn by far was the most responsive. Uh, but even in addition to that, um, Catherine and I are remarkably similar people. Uh, it's turned out really great. Um, it's just I feel really fortunate um, to have met Catherine and the fact that we have this great partnership going on. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds tremendous, and especially being, you know, very different schools and not close together, it's it's pretty impressive that you guys have been able to, to work on this and get it up and running. How about you, Catherine? Been... What, what was your involvement? Right. No, that's fine. Yeah, my involvement is a little bit similar. I also experienced depression my first semester, um, but there's this sense on campus that these are the best four years of your life if you're not having a good time, if you're not doing everything right, if you're not in 101 extracurriculars and partying hard and, and getting good grades, something's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So it's a really frustrating sense that perfection is demanded and anything less than perfection is considered failure, and that's something about, like, our campus cultures that we need to change. My depression was really severe, and I also was hospitalized for suicidal ideation, but due to a series of um, deaths on my campus, I realized that it was best for me to take some time off school. Mm -hmm. I took a semester off and a lot of treatment, did writing classes, took time to learn about myself and who I was. Then I tried to reapply and get back into the university. Um, unfortunately, I was not granted readmission the first time I applied, and I kind of saw that as a turning point for me. I could either look at this as another defeat and another almost failure, 
in that I was off track. I wasn't going to graduate in four years. I wasn't the perfect university student who I was still striving so hard to be. And I could turn back and fall into a deeper depression, or I could take control and go into advocacy. I applied to intern at Active Minds National in Washington, D.C., and they took a chance on me. Someone who they probably, I don't know why they took me on, because I didn't know how to use a coffee machine when I started. But they, <laughs> they trained me about that. Um, and from there, I learned about a great organization that is really all about speaking up and making the conversations happen, which is something that I never had the courage or understanding was necessary. I sat in silence for so long knowing that something was wrong but not having the words to articulate that something was wrong or the words to even articulate, I need help. Mm -hmm. And Active Minds really seeks to have that conversation be in the forefront of students' minds. Since I took my internship, I was also a Segway tour guide, and I got some very practical skills from that job. Um, I was readmitted to Penn in this past spring, and I went back and finished up my first year. And while I was there, I was involved with the Active Minds chapter on our campus and worked on All for One. And then also I was fortunate enough to share my story with the New York Times, um, which was an article that came out in July. And I've been, I've been sharing my story and also reaching out and talking to more mental health advocates and also individuals who have reached out to me and said mental health is something that I want matter more. It's something that I need to talk about. So that's how I got involved in advocacy. They're both very inspiring, great stories. Was there, did you get the sense when you were reapplying to Penn that there was a reason they weren't accepting your readmission? In a lot of ways, I see it for them as a liability, right? You, they, they are a brand and they want good things happen on their campus, and they don't want to take the liability of somebody having something terrible, another tragedy happening on campus. Um, I was really frustrated because I had proved that I was well. I had done all the things that they had asked me for. And also, there was some issues with, like, administrative details, uh, a date being wrong in the letter that I had um gotten about when I had taken my leave and little things here and there. There was a lot of frustration, too, because even though they rejected me and said I should do more of what I had been doing, there wasn't as much communication in that process. And since I'm not from the Pennsylvania area, it was really difficult to have to constantly be emailing and calling and trying to figure out all of this information from afar. Sure, sure. And is that kind of those issues that come up part of All for One's mission, or is it mostly just to make sure that people know that there are others out there like them and connect them? I think it's both. Uh, so the things that we talked about are definitely part of what All for One is trying to address. Uh, so half of what we're doing uh, is related to mental health policy. Uh, so the lack of diversity in counseling staff that some of the universities have uh, faced or, you know, problematic hospitalizations, uh, 
issues with medical leave policies. Um, so that's part of what we're trying to trying to encourage a dialogue on, uh, at least in university campuses. Um, and the other half of what we're trying to do is really start changing the climate on campuses. Uh, so we know that counseling centers and um, other sectors of the administration have been working really hard uh, on some campuses um, to address students' mental health needs. Uh, but sometimes the demand for those services outstrips supply um, because of, you know, all these issues uh, that we face, especially at really competitive, high-pressure universities like Duke and Penn, uh, where students feel like they really have to put on this face or be this certain person that they necessarily aren't, um, that really contributes to a lot of these mental health conditions and disorders uh, that have been popping up um, at schools. And what we really want to do is support these students and say that, you know, whatever you're going through, you're not alone in it. We're here to support you and affirm the fact that no matter, regardless of what mental health condition you're facing or what you're struggling with, you're still a person of value, uh, a person of worth who deserves to be treated uh, with respect and to be taken care of uh, by the people around you and by the school as well. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, I I definitely know in my own experiences there was definitely a, a supply and demand problem <laughs> where getting in to see people and, you know, getting to the right person just took an incredibly long time and oftentimes wasn't even helpful when you did get there. So. It's um, certainly an area that I see a lot of need in as well. So why do you think it's so important to have young adults in the conversation about mental health? I think that in a lot of ways there is something about the young adult perspective that adults don't understand because for better or for worse, as we grow up, we're so much into the moment. We understand our own perspective, but it's hard to put yourself in someone else's shoe. It's it's hard to remember what it was like to be young. It's hard to remember what it was like, even for me, to be a high schooler. Young adults matter because we are in our own mental health. We are the ones who are at the forefront, like, understanding what it means to have young adults' mental health. We are also in our formative years, and we can completely change the conversation and what society thinks. As the next generation of leaders, lawyers, bankers, doctors, we have so much potential to change the way society perceives mental health conditions, to change the way society treats mental health conditions, to change the way that we as society function around mental health and the larger dialogue. Young adults and students and anyone who has a young voice is so important because we have the power to speak up and we have the power to make change. Well, and I think there are probably a lot of students out there that would like to get involved. They might just not know how. Um, if, you know, I, I know All for One is just kind of launching, but if they want to get involved in it, how should they do that? Uh, so, first of all, we have a Twitter page up right now. Uh, they can follow us at 
AF1 Coalition, um, and we have an Instagram account with the same the same username, um, and uh, we'll have our Facebook page up very soon. Um, we'll be launching in October, so people. Um, so around that time, around October 15th, it would be really great uh, if people are interested to look out for our page because we'll be posting stories, infographics, and a lot of other resources uh, on our Facebook page when that does go up. Uh, we'll also have a website, uh, so keep on the lookout for that. And, um, you know, if people are interested in... Uh, getting involved on a deeper level on participating in our board, I would recommend that they either contact Kat or I, and we would love to get any help that we can. Great, great. So, you know, both of you guys obviously have um, had your own experiences with mental health challenges and any endeavor like this, you know, certainly starting a, a national coalition takes a lot of time and energy, and I'm guessing that that um, can be a lot when you're also considering your school load and all those things. What do you What do you both do to kind of get support on your journey to wellness, or you know, what are things that help keep you healthy? I do a lot of self care in terms of hanging out with friends and eating frozen yogurt. Um, I am a huge dessert person, so I have toured most of all of Philadelphia's ice cream locations. Um, but I do enjoy spending time with my friends and my family. Um, my family is a huge support for me. I like to call them and be in contact. I'm also a book nerd, so whenever I get a chance and I kind of just need a break, from all the things that I'm working on, my schoolwork, all for one, active minds, um, I pick up a book, usually fiction, usually young adult, and um, just escape for a couple hours, and I really love it. I also see somebody professionally because I recognize that wellness has um, a really important part of treatment, and for me, making sure that I'm getting adequate treatment and maintaining uh, mental health uh, in my life is really, really important. And so seeing somebody professionally is another part of how I do self-care. Great. It's great. Uh, so I am a huge writer. Uh, so whenever, you know, I'm really going through something, what I like to do is journal um, to spend at least 20 minutes to half an hour writing down you know, what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling or what I'm dealing with at the moment. Um, so it may start out feeling a bit superficial, like, you know, I'm just journaling for the sake of journaling. But eventually it turns into this process where I can really connect with myself uh, and really connect with who I am as a person because at Duke it's really difficult to get uh, to lose yourself in all of the things that you're doing and to start trying to fulfill this image of a person that you want to be rather than to recognize the strengths that you have and who you actually are. Uh, so that's been hugely important for me uh, over the past couple of years and healing and um, in really – becoming uh, the person that 
I was before I started dealing with depression in my first year. Um, and like Catherine said, I do also see a professional because I think that's really important as well to have somebody listening to your problems uh, and who's been trained uh, to help you in your process of um, process of healing and restory, restoration. Certainly can understand that. It's, it's super important for lots of lots of people and great that you guys both realize, you know, what works for you and that you're already making that uh, part of your, your day-to-day life. You're, you're ahead of the game, I think. So what do you guys see as the critical challenges today in addressing mental health on college campuses? So what we really want to convey with All for One is that our campaign and our coalition is for everyone, including students of color, including students from lower socioeconomic status, uh, and including students who are first generation. Uh, So I am an Asian American woman. I grew up in the Bay Area by San Francisco, which is an extremely diverse region of the U.S. And I came to Duke coming from an entirely different environment. Um, I had grown up with people of all different races and ethnicities, uh, all different socioeconomic backgrounds, and I had believed that I was in every respect equal to somebody who was Caucasian and came from a more affluent background. And when I came to Duke, I found that this was not necessarily the case in terms of how I would be seen and treated by others, um, even if unintentionally. Um, So I found that my race um, would affect the way that would affect um, my experience getting into a relationship or trying to find a job or just making friends in general. Um, I would be seen in a different way. And even if this isn't necessarily the fault of anybody, this was a reality of American life. And like a kid who has grown up in a sort of fairy tale world where everybody is different, but everyone's equal, I I woke up and I realized that the grown up uh, world in America um, you were not necessarily treated or seen as um, somebody who is just an American, but you were also an Asian American woman, and that was something that would affect you for the rest of your life. And that's a fact that I had a lot of difficulty grappling with, especially in the first semester of my freshman year when I was away from my family, I was away from my home, and I was away from my friends. And that's something that I'm still dealing with. I'm still trying to confront. And I know that students who are first generation uh, and who come from lower, a lower socioeconomic status um, may confront different sets of issues. Um, I have friends who um, grew up in less affluent families and The issues that they confront uh, include the fact that if we're all going out to lunch and 
um, somebody wants to go to a really expensive restaurant, then you sort of, you have to back out of that. You can't hang out uh, with those kids because you don't have the money to do that. Um, so what All for One is trying to do is make sure that everybody is included in the work that we're doing and that everybody is included in this process. And even though we share a lot of common ground in terms of facing academic pressures or like social pressures or like this idea of being the perfect college student, there are other things that marginalized groups have to face on top of that. So we really want to make sure that all of these issues are addressed. Another area of focus is making resources accessible to students without fear of consequences. Um, there have been lots of stories recently in the um, BuzzFeed. There was an article about Dave from Brown University who he actually sought help and then left the school and felt that the school has treated him unfairly. Also, two years ago, there was a student named WP at Princeton who was covered by the New Yorker, who took leave and had a very difficult time with the administration. Recently, there was a tragedy at Yale with the death of Lee Chang Wang because of the Yale withdrawal policy. There are countless students who are being ostracized and facing extreme difficulties for talking about their mental health condition, for seeking help for their mental health condition. And that is something that is completely and utterly wrong. No one should feel ashamed or feel afraid of getting the help that they need for fear of being kicked out of their university, for fear of not being allowed to come back. So the perceived threat of punishment for seeking help makes students feel even more utterly alone, which is the worst possible outcome. We want to debunk myths surrounding campus resources and reframe mental health discussion as a partnership between students and mental health providers and administrators to allow for a healthier campus environment. Well, that's about all the time we have, but Catherine and Jenna, I just wanted to thank you so much for your time today and everything that you're doing to help college students. I really I really hope and I, I think I know that this podcast will be an inspiration to lots of people out there, and I hope that it will help bring you even more support. Um, as, you, as you guys mentioned, um, definitely check out All for One on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at AF1 Coalition. That's A as in Apple, F as in Frank, the number one coalition. And then Facebook page of All for One, um, also A-L-L-F-O-R, the number one. And thank you to everyone out there listening. We hope you'll join us again soon for another DBSA Young Adult Council podcast. Be well.